0: Hello and welcome to 50 Years of Her, a Euro 2016 podcast. If anyone asks, we're Welsh, not English. I'm Richard Carey and in this episode we'll be looking back at the two semi-finals we just had in Euro 2016. Coming up, the mighty Wales take on the jammy Portugal. Can the Welsh Dragons swoop into the final? Clash of the Titans host France take on world champions Germany in what promised to be a colossal match. And find out who's in our best 11 and worst 11 of the tournament. In the first semi-final, Portugal took on Wales. Portugal got through on penalties against a good polished side in their quarterfinal match, whilst Wales impressed by beating Belgium, the second best team in the world, if you believe in the FIFA rankings. They beat them 3-1 and made it through to the last four. The home nation has had a great run in France, but would the semi-final be their last destination on this terrific journey? So it starts out both teams are in away shirts for some reason. I thought this might be something to do with a black and white uh, TV differentiation. I know they've done it in previous tournaments where one team has to wear a light-coloured shirt and one team has to wear a dark-coloured shirt, so you can tell the difference between them on black and white tv but this is 2016 why is that still a problem you know we've got we got digital tv hd tv 3d it's like who's got black and white these days wales are playing the tactics i usually use on pez or fifa which is a 5-4-1 formation it does really work well for the counter-attack so there's a possible push in the area by collins on ronaldo but nothing is given a joao mario shot he pulls it way wide in the end Bale crosses it into King. He can't get on the end of it and Rui Patricio manages to handle it. A Bale shot from distance. How Robson Carnew in support but he didn't use him and he put it straight at Rui Patricio. Robson Carney crosses the ball into King but he puts it wide and it's deflected out for a corner. At half time it was Portugal nil, Wales nil. In the second half a short corner by Portugal. Joao Mario plays it to Nani. Nani crosses it into Ronaldo. He heads it into the net. 1-0 Portugal makes him the joint league goal scorer of all time in the Euros with Michel Platini. There's a Ronaldo shot from just outside the box and it's turned in by Nani to make it 2-0. Renato Sanchez in the play might have been offside, but there was a bit of a question whether he was active or not. Bale takes a free kick from 40 yards out, but it goes straight into Rui Patricio's hands. There's a Ronaldo free kick that goes over the bar, but only just. Nani takes a shot from distance, it's safe but fumbled by Hennessy, and the rebound doesn't go on target. It's a Vokes header, but it's way off target. Renato Sanchez has a good run, but his shot is wayward. And then they took him off to bring Andre Gomez immediately after. There's a long shot by Bale, but straight down the chest of Rui Patricio. It's Joao Mario's shot in the box. Hennessy almost does a heart. He saves it, but it slips through him. But he does manage to pick up the ball before it goes over the line. It's a Bale shot from distance, which is going all over the place, but a good save by the keeper denies him. A Williams shot hits his own player, Sam Vokes, and goes out for a throw in. Ronaldo's in and through. He's round the keeper, but he puts it in the side netting at an acute angle. And at full time, it ended Portugal 2 Wales nil. Well, in fairness, Portugal actually deserved to win this match for a change. It's their first win in normal time in the entire competition in the bloody semi-finals. A team really that should have got knocked out in the group stages, and if the old system was still intact, they would have got knocked out in the group stages as they came third. If they win this competition, I'll go crazy, they should not win it at all. But Ronaldo did turn up tonight, and Nani, who's probably been Portugal's best player in the tournament, also had a good shift. That actually looked like an attacking threat for the first time since the Hungary game. The defence also looked good even without Pepe, and maybe it's even better without him, who knows. Wales got unlucky but shown to lack strength and depth in their squad really in this game. I mean, Ramsey was out uh, and uh, Davis was out before the match. I think Ramsey was a big blow because they seemed to struggle with creating chances in that midfield. I thought Gareth Bale didn't play as well as he did in the other games. His chances were few and far between. And the substitutes, although they were attacking for Wales, just didn't really uh, make that much difference. And I guess it was just a stage too far for the Welsh. What a fantastic Euro 2016 they've had. Semi-finalists when they haven't even qualified for a major tournament since 1958. The big thing for Wales will be to try and qualify for more tournaments. Getting into the 2018 World Cup will be a great achievement for them. And if they show the quality they have over this last month, I think they can do it. So the second semi-final was Germany versus France. The host cruised through the quarter-final match 5-2 against Iceland after some great attacking play, even if it did show a few defensive cracks. Germany squeezed past Italy in a hard-fought game that took penalties and a shootout of memorable misses to finish it. Would it be au revoir, arrivederci au to the team going home? There's so some amazing skill by Griezmann. He had a 1-2 and a Tweedy. A shot by Griezmann. It's a good save by Neuer. There's a can cross into Muller who just misses the ball. A shot by Kahn low and to the left. It takes a good save by Loris to stop him. A Kahn ball. A Schweinsteiger shot is tipped over the bar by Loris. There's a Kimmich cross. It falls to Draxler. So almost falls to Muller but it's cleared just in time. Pogba takes a free kick but it's straight at Neuer. Muller takes a shot but without much power, and it's saved relatively easily by Loris. Although he does struggle a little bit. Ever plays it to Griezmann in the area, and he hits it into the side netting. Giroud is in and through at goal. It's a fantastic tackle by Herodes to prevent the opportunity. Giro could have passed it, actually, and they would have been in and through there. There's a corner for France, a handball by Schweinsteiger. Really unnecessary. Schweinsteiger's booked, and after a bit of confusion about what's going on, the referee decides to give a penalty. Griezmann tucks the penalty into the top left corner. 1-0 for France, and that's right on the stroke of half-time as the whistle goes right after it. In the second half, there's a Griezmann-Giro 1-2. Shot comes off a defender for a corner, and Griezmann rallies the fans. Germany have a problem because they keep trying to walk the ball in. They're trying the Arsenal tactics. Jerome Boateng goes off for injury. It looked pretty bad, and Mustafi has to come on. There's a Griezmann corner. Koscielny's header at the back post goes over the bar. I saw the French fans actually imitate the Iceland chant. uh, But they did it a little bit quicker than the Icelandics do. Payet takes a shot, but it's not enough power to trouble Noura, really. A corner comes in for Germany. The whistle goes and Giroud punches the ball away, while some German fans appeal for handball. Obviously, they didn't hear that whistle. There's a mistake by Kimmich at the back, he loses the ball to Pogba... Neuert gets a hand to his cross but the ball falls into the path of Griezmann and he tucks it into the net to make it 2-0 to France. There's a great effort by Kimmich at the other end with his left foot which is denied by the upright. Pogba tries a spectacular effort but it doesn't work out. A Germany free kick, two dummies over the ball and Draxler ends up hitting it. It just goes a few inches wide. A short free kick sends France to sleep, a ball in and San almost scores with his first touch after just coming on as a sub. Then there's a corner that falls to Mustafi, but he skies it way over the bar. A cruise-free kick into Hurides, but his header is way off target. Griezmann has a breakaway for France, but his shot is straight at Neuer. Zignac's shot is saved by the keeper. Mustafi crosses it into Kimmich, it takes a great save to deny him. Goetzer has a header at the back post, but it goes wide. And at full time, Germany 0, France 2. Well, you can tell from all that, it was a very entertaining match. And the world champions bow out in the semi-finals. They might be kicking themselves for that because arguably they could have won this game. They dominated the first half. And the fact they went in 1-0 down was completely crazy, really. It was just a stupid mistake. It was two stupid mistakes, really, from Germany that cost them a game. One being that Schweinsteiger handball, and the other one being Kimmich uh, not dealing with it at the back. I think losing Gomez was a bit of a killer for the Germans. They didn't really have good enough alternatives up front that they were using. They tried it with Thomas Muller, but he seems to have this Euro curse so he doesn't play very well. I thought he was sub-par today. I think maybe they could have started with Goetzer instead or even gone for something a little bit ambitious and started Leroy Sand. Because he looked pretty good when he came on the pitch, but he didn't have a lot of time to really embed himself. I think the problem with Germany, though, they do play that Arsenal kind of walk-it-in style. They are great to watch they're my probably my favorite international team to watch but it'd be pretty stressful if you're a fan cuz they do tend to fall quite a lot of the last hurdle you could argue like over the last i don't know probably since euro 2008 they could have won every tournament they've been in but they they've only won one uh, and that's probably because of these sorts of situations credit for some bold tactics by Didier Deschamps paying off here i mean for one he left Umtiti in the side for france who didn't have a great game against Iceland, but played really well here. Uh, Griezmann, absolutely class. Best player in the tournament, I think. There hasn't been a French striker that good since Henri. He's won the golden boot by a country mile. He's already scored six in the competition. And it wouldn't surprise me if he extends his lead in the final. Now, looking at this, France have to win from here. Come on. I mean, they've got, they've got the talent to beat Portugal. How can they not win it? Overall, a very good game of football. Like I say, both teams attacked the game and want to win. France came out literally minute one and were attacking, and so were the Germans. The only thing at that really was some late drama after that second France goal win, and It would be nice to have seen Germany get that one back and make it a tense last 10 minutes. But a match really fitting for a final, so it's a shame the stupid draw made it the semi-final. So that means on Sunday at 8 p.m., In the Stade de France, it's going to be Portugal versus France, and the winner will be the winner of Euro 2016. So in terms of predictions, I've decided I'm not going to do any predictions anymore because I've been wrong so much of the time here. Like I did semi-final predictions, still got one of those wrong. I did get the Portugal one right. However, before the tournament started, if you listen to the very first episode of 50 Years of Hurt, you'll find out that I did predict France will win the whole thing. So that uh, prediction is still on. We'll see how that goes on Sunday. So before we go, one of the other things we'll be doing on our last episode, which is the next episode, which will be covering the final, we'll be giving out the Euro 2016 awards. So for the best and sometimes worst things that have happened in the tournament itself as a bit of a preview of that i'm going to give you my best and worst 11 out of all the players who have played in this tournament so this is just my opinion it's not categorically right or wrong don't take it personally if you disagree with it let's start with the worst 11 shall we let's be critical in goal i've got joe hart the england goalkeeper didn't have much to do Really, but when he did have something to do, didn't do too well with it. Uh, in particular, that goal that Bale scored against him in the Wales match, and the second Iceland goal, which ultimately eliminated England from the competition. In defense, I've gone with Kana, the uh, Albanian defender who got sent off in his first match. He was a captain as well and never was seen again. Uh, Sergio Ramos, who I thought had a poor tournament, missed a penalty, didn't look that good. Dragovic, the Austrian uh, defender, also got sent off in his first match. And Jordan Lukaku, who played for Belgium against Wales and really showed how weak they were. And Wales actually completely dominated that side. In midfield, I've gone for Raheem Sterling, possibly the worst player in the tournament. Only had pace, nothing else. He would run and run and run, but... Couldn't do anything with it. The best thing he did was earn England a penalty against Iceland. Dave Alaba for Austria had so much hype surrounding him before the tournament, but it really didn't do that much at all. So that's why I put him in my worst 11. And Yarmolenko for Ukraine. Another you know, really disappointing tournament, not even getting a single point. Up front, I put Thomas Muller, controversially, the German. Didn't score a goal, and if he'd put some away, Germany would still be in it right now. Ibrahimovic, the Swedish striker. Yeah, again, very disappointing. Just moved to Man United, but uh, I don't know if Man United fans, including myself, will be very happy with the way he was playing, and hopefully he doesn't bring that kind of form to Old Trafford. And Harry Kane, who had an awful tournament despite a pretty great Premier League season, just didn't do anything and was constantly put on set pieces to take set pieces, and they were always rubbish. Gotta believe In my best 11, in goal, I put uh, Michael McGovern, the Northern Irish keeper, who was absolutely spectacular against Germany in their last uh, group match and got them, ultimately, that got them through to the last 16. In defence, I've gone with Jerome Boteng, the German uh, defender. What a tournament he's had! He's been an absolute rock at the back. He's been pretty good at going forward as well. Ashley Williams, the Welsh centre back, led by example. Benucci, the Italian defender, scored that crucial goal against Germany. Had a good tournament. Unfortunately, he missed the penalty in the penalty shootout. And Robbie Brady, Republic of Ireland's left back. What a, I mean, he had just such a great tournament. Apparently, he's worth £20 million now. He scored the goal that got Republic of Ireland out of the group stage. And he also scored the goal against France from the penalty spot. And he just looked really good in every game he played. In midfield, I've gone for Dimitri Payet for France. If it wasn't for him in that first game, they would have actually drawn against Romania, and he's shown a lot of quality. When a lot of people thought Pogba would be the star of the show, Payet has really shone above him. Aaron Ramsey, the Welsh midfielder, had a great tournament, and really that showed when the Wales didn't have him in the semi-finals. I think he's been brilliant. Kevin De Bruyne for Belgium was basically doing everything for them at one point. Got them through the group stage, and... Kind of had a disappointing game against Wales. Not as good, but you know I think he did really well. I uh, put uh for Poland. Uh, I think he had a great tournament. I think he was involved in everything attacking-wise f- for Poland. And he scored quite a few goals as well. And up front, I had to put Griezmann in because he's got six goals. And he's been terrific. In fact, I would probably say he's been the player of the tournament. And Nani for Portugal... The shining star over all of the Portugal team, even including Ronaldo, uh, hasn't really shown that kind of form at places like Man United, where he's been before, but has been really good, and I thought he deserved a nod over someone like Gareth Bale, who I was considering, uh, but I think because of that last game, he kind of has shown up to be not as good as people think he is, maybe. So that's the best and worst 11s. And that's all for the show. Um, you can find us on Twitter at 50YOHPod, on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash 50 hurt. We're available on iTunes, so leave a rating or review. And remember to find us on tunein too. On our next episode, our final episode is all about the final, and we'll be having the awards for Euro 2016. Who will win the heavily contested category of Best Haircut? Find out then. From Richard Carey, it's goodbye.